All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the co-host of this show, along with my lovely wife and co-host Arden, more importantly, co-host. Uh, I'm the other co-host, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 116, Accountability Groups. Yeah, and we are recording separately for what, the second time ever? Yeah, the last time was COVID-related, and this time... Also COVID-related. Just can't stand the sight of... Oh, yes. <laughs> COVID. No, Quote-unquote COVID. COVID uh, just won't go away, eh? <laughs> It seems to to linger a little bit. Just seems to be endemic or whatever phase we're at now. Um, Yes, you had a potential close contact. So we're being careful because I was just quite sick. And as everybody heard, because we had an unusually short episode uh, two weeks ago and I had pretty bad bronchitis. We're on a roll. Yeah, we're a real role. <laughs> so we're just taking cautions to make sure um, I don't get sick again in case you yeah. are actually sick. So we're being yeah. a little overcautious. But. And it, it happened uh, in an interesting place. It did. And I think this is so funny because we went last week to an event with some people we used to go to school with because you actually won an award, which was pretty cool, uh, from our alma mater, which is also now my current job. But we went to an event and a different faculty where you and I originally met in the business school. And we were talking with a whole bunch of the folks there who had previously been our professors. And um, we were talking about your meditation retreats and how this was something you used to go on when we were students ages ago. Uh, 10 years ago, actually. And some of your old professors remembered that you used to go on these retreats. And it was so (laughs) funny because the day after this event, you were going on another retreat. And it had been the first, I guess, since COVID. Um, And it brought up so many questions. So I think it's kind of a nice way to start is like, what is a meditation retreat? Because a lot of people have no idea. And it just seemed everybody had questions about what it involved and what you get out of it and why you go. And so what is a med- meditation retreat? And what did well, you just it, do the last five years, five days? It, oh, five years. <laughs> That's a long, man. I've become a monk. No, first of all. Become yep. a monk. No, the yep. last five days. Don't, don't worry. I, I will stay a lay person, dear wife of mine. Uh, <laughs> not a monk. So yeah, the last five days have been freeing in, in an odd way. And it, I, I kind of think of the app Freedom, that that's what comes to mind, mm-hmm. which is a distractions blocker on the computer. And you think, what what's so freedom me about that? You know, why why would blocking a whole host of websites be this um, be this freeing force when using the computer? And it's really because it, it creates a container for focus. And so it's about the container that allows you to do something, and that extends to the meditation retreat as well where it's a container for practice. And so uh, meditation is something that you can go as deep as you want. You can be in the shallow end. You can swim to the deep end. You can be in the Marianas Trench. You can be as low. How low do you want to (laughs) go? You can decide that on a a meditation retreat just by kind of extending the length. And so this particular one integrated yoga in with meditation, which uh, I I suppose makes it even more 
hippy dippy, uh, and it, which I I kind of loved. So I actually have the schedule in front of me. Do you Ooh. do you think it would be interesting to read that? Do you think people maybe would find not the that whole thing because it's a little repetitive? But I think like the highlights of what the like distribution of your day looks like. I guess. Yeah. Like, what uh, do you do all day? Uh, I'll go through the morning. How about that? Cool. So at 6 a.m. you wake up, which is about uh, three, two or three hours <laughs> earlier than uh, my, would be my preference. But preferences don't matter on meditation retreat. You get to step back from those too. Uh, 6.20 is a yoga. 7.20 is uh, a meditation sitting. 8 a.m. is breakfast. Good food. And, and food is better on meditation retreat because you actually notice the food. You know, no uh, meal will be as delicious as the one you focus on completely. Um, 9, 15, uh, more sitting. 10 a.m., yoga. 10, 45, another four, 45 minutes of sitting. Uh, 11.30, a walking meditation uh, for 45 minutes. And then lunch. So that's the morning. <laughs> and so so you kind of repeat these meditation cycles throughout the day. You do sitting meditation, you do walking meditation, you do a bit of yoga, so you, you stay limber and, and flexible throughout all this. And it's amazing, like, it's so interesting, the, the timing. You, you mentioned getting um, that, that award the day before the retreat. Um, because so often on retreat, you unravel a lot of these stories that you essentially accumulate around yourself. Um, so we, we all accumulate stories about our career, about our lives. We build up narratives about uh, our identity and the person we are. We build up narratives about the world. And, you know, it's very much, uh, I think, a privilege to be able to go on a meditation retreat during a time like this. But there's, you, you, we live inside of a lot of narratives, a lot of ideas, a lot of thinking. And so it, it's essentially, you know, we talk about meditation on the podcast. It's, it's this practice that gives us an opportunity to step back from all that thinking and just be in the moment and be with the breath. And when a thought arises, step back from it in order to just be once more. And by doing this, we're able to cultivate this uh, focus on whatever it is that we're doing, on whomever it is that we're with, which, you know, to come full circle, it gives us even greater resources to deal with the things that are causing these problems in the world, these opportunities, these problems in our own lives, um, the suffering, the striving. We, we step back from it all um, and just be. And, and that gives us this capacity for being with everything else. And so it's this nice container um, of silence. You know, you don't even make eye contact with other people over the course mm -hmm. of the retreat, which I think a lot of people find different and strange and, and think they'd find it challenging, but it's much like the app Freedom, you know, that sounds oddly named until you use it. It's this container that is more freeing than you would expect because it creates this, uh, this structure around this practice of presence. Nice. I think, yeah, everybody who we talked to about this highlighted that the lack of eye contact and the lack of talking to others <laughs> seemed like it would be the most difficult. Did you find that? It, it seems extreme, right? Yeah. Would you, do you think it's extreme? 
Sounds extreme. I do, but you tend to do things a little more extreme than I do. So I feel like I'm the type who will meditate just every day for 30 minutes. Yeah. You're the type who will go on a one-week meditation retreat, which is just a little more extreme <laughs> than the the middle ground where I think I sit yeah. usually on it, stuff like this. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, so much of it is being able to find the middle ground and, and building a, a capacity to, to notice where the middle ground exists. Like that's one of the main reasons I meditate, to step back from all the uh, cycles of reactivity throughout my day. Um, you know, the things that I say automatically, the things I think in response to, to what people say uh, automatically. Um, you know, so many of our thoughts are automatic. And so it, it, it seems like almost an extreme radical act of rebellion <laughs> to, to, to take a step back and do a meditation retreat and get COVID at the same time. Um, the COVID part is maybe we don't more know you have COVID. <laughs> we no, yeah, it, that that is not confirmed yet. Though my yeah. voice feels a bit <laughs> a bit stuffy. I, I don't know. We'll we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get a test going on uh, up in here soon. Um, but it, it really is freeing, and it's it, what seems extreme from the outside uh, is more of an opportunity from from the inside. So yeah, nice, nice little container. Well, I'm I'm very glad you're back, even though. Not good to see you. Uh, yeah, still. <laughs> it's okay. We've somehow. done this now twice in a year, so we uh, are pros. I, I expected and to on, see you tonight. Yeah, that's but okay. Whatever. Yeah, we will. We will eventually see each other again. I, yeah. I, I have faith. But in the meantime, we will also be seeing our accountability groups. Yeah, that was like a solid B minus transition, but I'm gonna try. So you know what? I'll I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you a B. Not not a B minus. Not a B plus. Definitely not a B plus. Definitely not an A. Definitely well, not in that range. It's a passing range. grade. So is it in, in your course? What what's a passing grade in in your course? Or do you do the grade thing? Seventy, which is a B minus. What's yeah. the average of your course? I actually never say the average. Uh, okay. Because it's not even on the podcast. I don't, no, I don't grade on a curve, and uh. telling people the average really just makes people think about where they sit compared to other people. Mm. And I, I, that's not the goal. I want people to focus on learning, not ranking themselves. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's one, one of the automatic tendencies of the mind that you get to step back from on, <laughs> on retreat. But accountability, <laughs> I'm meeting with one of mine tomorrow. Me too. So Monday morning. Yeah. Oh, look at us. Me, look meeting at us. Our, our people at the same. So what, one of the notes I had in here is why, why even form one? In the first mm-hmm. place, you know, there, and I think there's a lot of, wait, I, I've, I've been talking a lot about this. Why, why don't you cover this little? No, I think little this bit. is an interesting idea. And I think we mentioned it in passing in a previous episode. And I honestly can't remember which one at this point, but we pa- mentioned who, this in who, passing. It's all a blur. We're sick no, half the time. It's anyway. not a blur, but the last few weeks are definitely a blur. But we do, we mentioned, I think I may have mentioned that I have this group that I meet with every week. Um, just in passing, and we got so many emails about it, which is lovely. I'm so happy people are taking an interest, but I'm, I'm just, I guess, I guess I never realized that this was something that 
maybe we should talk about it. So I'm very happy people highlighted mm-hmm. that and like told us they were interested in this because it's something you and I have both done and both kind of formed with our own respective communities, for lack of yeah. a better word. But what is an accountability group? Like, Why do you have an accountability group? And do you have just one kind of accountability group? I, what is an accountability group? I'll, I'll let you start there. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll take this section then. So <laughs> that there... There are a lot of reasons that we can form one. Um, for me, you know, in, in structuring the, this episode, I think it really comes down to three things for me personally, and I'm curious your take. Um, but for me, it comes down to accountability. So being with people who have common goals, similar goals, who rem- so we remember each other's goals and we can hold each other accountable uh, so that we reach them. Then there's the strategy aspect of it. So it's seeing, um, for me, it's my work, it's my business from this outside perspective so that I can notice blind spots in what I do and opportunities in what I do because in blind spots lie uh, threats and opportunities. And I think that is true for every single one of us. Uh, And then there's just the camaraderie, the, the friendship that we develop uh, you know, friendship being a function of the amount of time that we spend with other people. So, you know, my my work in particular, I think, I don't work with uh, in a traditional arrangement. I, I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own company. The people that I work most closely with, the speaking agents, my literary agent, my assistant, Karen. Hi, Karen, if you're listening. Um and hi, everybody else, if you're listening too, I, I suppose. Um, I, I work solo and I'm in my office and we're on Zoom, but th- there's less of a, a friendship element, I think, when the work is more transactional in nature like that. Um, and so I think when somebody exists outside of that structure of uh, financial incentive in the work that we do and, you know, corporate incentive, you know, we're um, we're working alongside other people. Th- that that creates structure. It's support for the work that can sometimes be a bit isolating, especially from from this work from home aspect. So that friendship aspect, also strategy, also accountability. Those are the three kind of tent poles that I see in mind. But uh, yeah, anything anything to add there? Yeah, I think you actually didn't quite answer my question because oh. Sorry. I think I asked, what is an accountability group? Not oh. why you should have one. And you're getting a little ahead, I think, because oh, I think sorry. at the core is like, My what bad. is this? Oh, no, it's okay. Because I think you actually nicely led into like what it actually is, where it's basically just a kind of catch-all name for a group of people who work together, right? This is typically some kind of professional relationship where people get together semi-regularly or maybe very regularly. And it usually has some kind of goal setting component, right? Like there's, this is not a hard definition, but typically that's what it involves. It's like multiple people getting together to kind of review their professional plans or goals. And it also has, actually now I'm realizing it must've been something we talked about in the commitment devices uh, podcast, because that was when we talked about using social pressure or mm. the in people feel very compelled or motivated to not let others down, right? That people have, have this social pressure when you have these relationships where you don't want to disappoint people in your circle. Yeah. And so 
um, when you have this kind of accountability group and you commit to some kind of goal or objective with that group, you have, you've basically built yourself a commitment device to stay on task that week. Um, because if you don't, you'll have to talk about how it didn't work, depending on how you structure your, your group. Right. And that's the thing where I don't think there's like any formula for accountability groups that works best going to be based upon mm-hmm. what you're trying to achieve, who you're trying to meet with, what the type of work you're doing is, um, and also the type of people y- you are talking to in this, in this group. Um, yeah. And but yeah. I, I think, I think that's kind of why I went there when he asked that is like what the accountability group is, is why the accountability group is. So, you know, yeah, I, I think you have to start with why do you want this group to exist? What 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 is the job that you're hiring this group to do for you? Uh, is accountability something that you need in your work? If so, structure it around accountability. There's there's ways of of doing so. One one of the groups that I'm in is more on the accountability aspect, the friendship aspect, and the other is more on the strategy and, and friendship aspect. Um, and so you know, I think starting step zero for one of these groups is why. Do you want it to exist? Um, what is the purpose of this group? Uh, is it accountability? Is it strategy? Is it friendship? Is it uh, some other factor that w- we haven't really considered? The, those, I, I think, though, are the three things that these groups are very good at providing, um, depending mm-hmm. on the structure that y- you run with with them. Cool. So what kind of groups do you have? Because you mentioned you, I think you have played around with like different formats a lot more than yeah. I have and like different purposes. So where, what equilibrium have you found for lack of a better word? <laughs> yeah. So it, I think there's, you know, there's why the group exists. Then there's the different dimensions of the group itself. So there's the structure, there's who's in it, there's uh, why the group exists, what we, uh, for lack of a better phrase, what job we hire the group for. And then there's, how involved uh, things are outside of the group. So may- maybe we can chat, you know, I'm, I-, I won't share who's in my groups. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not going to be- Because, you know, the-, the work that I do, the work that they do is very much public facing. Um, and so, you know, we-, we have, you know, a what happens in Vegas kind of mentality with these things where anything that's talked about in the group stays in the group. And I, I think that... Uh, rule actually provides it's it's a constraint that like a meditation retreat uh, like a distractions blocker it provides a lot of freedom uh, in constraints so uh, the structure I think it might be worth delving into so a uh, big big story short there's two groups that I'm in there's uh, we call it a creators guild and then there's a writer strategy group which is uh, in in reality, an author strategy group. So, uh, the Creators Guild, the overall structure, we meet every week, once a week on Monday tomorrow. Uh, we take turns running one. So, we actually just go in a cycle, and we can trade weeks. Uh, not everybody attends um, every single one, but we usually have you know developed into a rhythm where we have a really good reason for not being there if we're not going to come because every, everybody has things to share. Everybody has good, valuable uh, input and feedback for things. So we just take turns running them and we've tried other methods. We've tried, you know, whoever wants a meeting takes it and we'll keep a running list. We've tried, um, you know, structuring it, it in other ways too, but we found 
that for a regular rotating group that meets every week, uh, taking turns leading them has worked best. And so there is a bit of a meeting structure as well on, on the more granular level. Uh, so we go around usually for the first 10 or 15 minutes or so, and we say hi because we're friends. One of the reasons we're doing it is is the camaraderie. And so we do a quick check-in at the beginning. It's, you know, I would say overall it's 80% work-focused or so. We say hi. We share what's new mostly in our work, maybe big personal things as well. And that's kind of the structure of the Creators Guild. So the other author strategy group, the overall structure is that we meet Every, it's authors, so we're you know it's less focused. It's more loosey goosey, uh, where we meet every month and a half or so. Uh, we take we take turns scheduling them all. So some of us in the group have teams, but we we still you know there's that personal touch to reaching out and just scheduling something with a few friends. They usually take place on Friday. Uh, at around noon, that's when people are available. And the meeting structure, we the, it's usually about an hour and a quarter or so. Um, the person who scheduled it runs the meeting. But instead of controlling the topic, which works better for the for the guild that's at a more regular rhythm, we each submit a question uh, that the person mm-hmm. who's leading it um, then gathers in and sends ahead of time so we have time to prepare and think about and and ideate on behalf of each other. It's sometimes about publishing. It's sometimes about agents. It's sometimes about our ancillary businesses. Um, and so we submit a question, then we go through them. And there are questions about, you know, what what do I do when my editor says this or does this? What what do I do? You know, my agent is being um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what do I do? So we we kind of go around. We give people a, an equal amount of time. Um, and that's the structure. Hmm. And do you find, so are these all people who are kind of at similar stages in your career? Like why mm. did these groups come to form? Well, it, it's funny. The Creators Guild, we wanted the camaraderie. We wanted the accountability. We also wanted the strategy. So it really is structured around those three things. And it's interesting, you know, everybody is at a different stage in the in their career in the Creators Guild. Um, one person is just starting out for themselves. Um, another person has been, you know, he kind of just made the jump to to exploring something and writing about something full time for his audience because that kind of has taken off over the last few years. Mm. Um, and and so uh, you know, everybody's kind of at a different stage. Whereas the author group, everybody has. Yeah, I think everybody in the in the book in the group has at least two books under their belt and is working on another. Yeah. What, what about you know? So you're in just the one, right? The academic. Just the one. Yeah. And Tell I me about the done, structure. So I've tried this now, I think twice, and this is the one that's lasted the longest. <laughs> Which is how um, long? Uh, eight months now, almost okay. a year. So Maybe not like almost a year, actually. Yeah. So not like a super, super, but do you see it lasting into, yeah, the, so. into the distance? I think the format has evolved nicely. So I guess the first time me and one other kind of colleague, I've actually never met her in person. This was a Twitter, oh. on Twitter association. Oh, um, this started on Twitter. This did start on Twitter. Econ yeah. Twitter is actually very useful. Uh, you find yeah. lots of wonderful things on Econ, Econ Twitter. X. 
Eh, whatever, whatever it's called. I am not going to subscribe to that nonsense, but, um, <laughs> Elon verse. No, just econ no, Twitter or econ no. sky or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, just no. Um, but yeah, so we met on Twitter and this person was interested in setting up some kind of writers writing meeting, like a regular hour in our people's calendars just to meet and write. And when we first chatted, I suggested, I would actually be really interested in instead of a one hour writing thing, which I use focus mate for. So I don't really have a particular use for. I yeah. That's just work. <laughs> yeah. But it's like a nice, like you have a one hour meeting, you're committed to doing that every hour, every week to make sure you like dedicate writing time. Lots of people have a really hard time carving that out. And so hmm. I think there's a lot of interest in making sure you like force it into your calendar and lots of people like I do this with time blocking where like I make sure I carve out time to work on actual research because otherwise you can, your semester can just kind of end up being all teaching um, if you yeah. don't really defend your time on research too. Um, but so the, this um, other professor and I, she, she's also a junior professor. We're pre-tenure. So we're in very similar stages in our career. And I mentioned I would be interested in like meeting once a week just to kind of check in on goals and make specific um, plans for what we were going to spend our time on that week and then check in every week to see how that went. Because I think there's a lot of, I'm also interested in hearing how others are, are navigating this like post PhD starting junior professor transition, because it is different. Like your day to day really, really changes. And I want to make sure like, I'm not unaware of some blind spots or, and mm -hmm. I also think, think there's like, everybody's kind of learning. So it would be nice to have a group that is going through this process at the same time. And I say, so when I said I had tried this before, I had tried this with two other um, junior professors that live in the area. And, and we started meeting once a month just to kind of check in on goals. And it became very, very social, which I, I love now because they're really good friends of mine. It's just, it shifted from very focused on like, what are we planning for the next month to actually let's just hang out and be friends. And we are also yeah. do very similar jobs, but it's become just a purely social thing. So I don't view that as a accountability group because it evolved very organically into something. I think it, that is uh, even better, but um, I still wanted that kind of accountability group somewhere in my, my life. And so this online version has now grown. So I think we just identified other people that were in our networks that were in similar career phases and we reached out to them and, or they had approached us about joining. And so now there's like, there are eight different people who are a like semi-regularly attend and about five or six of them show up every week. So it's like, cause everybody has different schedules. And so we aren't as, as worried about people coming every single week, mm. but the kind of core come probably every, uh, there's about five or six of us. It, and that's so, interesting because five or six is, and I, I don't think we touched on kind of, or I touched on how many people are in these groups, but the creators guild, uh, it has six and, <laughs> uh, you know, we started with five and we thought we, we have a lot of conversations about what is the dynamic of the group? Uh, mm -hmm. Would adding another, we we really deliberated before kind of reaching out to a sixth. Like, and I even chatted with this. Speaking of business school, uh, an old uh, management professor that that I had, uh, old. She's not that old. Uh, your, your I'm not calling her old. Yeah, yeah, your former professor. Former professor. Yeah, who's been at Sprout a long time? To, who who studies group dynamics? Um, 
especially on virtual teams. So <laughs> it's, it's, it, was, it was incredible to be able to call her. And throwing an additional person, not throwing, welcoming an additional person in can really change the dynamic of a group. And five or six, because you, you exponentially increase the number of connections between people when you add uh, an additional person to a group like this. Um, and five or six, I will say, so there's five of us in the author strategy group, there's uh, six of us in the creators guild, all say that that is the sweet spot for something mm. like this. Um, Interesting. Where, and it probably depends on the purpose of the group. Um, but I think in terms of a, a strong long-term dynamic. We, uh, we started uh, one that had four people and they were productivity authors because um, there's about four product, <laughs> you know, there's a smaller number of, of uh, uh, folks who write traditionally published productivity books. And that group kind of fizzled out a little bit over time. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. Five or six seems to be the sweet spot. And, and another mm. thing that you mentioned uh, that I liked is the, uh, the, that I forgot to mention it was, is information sharing. You know, so yeah. a lot of the industries that we work in, um, they're opaque or we only see the perspective of the one company that we're in or the one organization we interact with. Uh, publishing is an opaque industry. Academia can be an opaque industry, I would imagine. And so that information sharing aspect where you think, oh, I didn't consider that um, is really helpful as well. Yeah, so I don't think I, I really got into what we do in my group. Oh, so yeah, yeah. We meet every week, um, and it's it's very short. So we maybe take 15, 20 minutes total. We're all economists. We're very efficient. For the whole um, meeting? Yeah, because oh. we really get, we're, it's pretty quick, and we usually get right to the point. So all of us, we go through, so we all write out and the person who runs the meeting writes down basically everything we say we're going to do. Um, and we kind of take turns going through whether we did those things, whether we, and what we are planning for the next week and also whether we won't be here like the following week or something like that. I mean, we have like nice pleasantries at the beginning, but we do get pretty straight to the point. Um, and I think, but through that, I think there has been like a lot of kind of organic, information sharing, as I mentioned. So the goal is very much the accountability, like that is the purpose of our group. Um, but I do think it's it, it, it has created a lot of connections that I don't think we expected would be part of it. Um, like for example, like somebody was working on some specific data problem and somebody said, oh, I actually know how to do that. And so, um, and that has happened many, many times where I think we're all kind of in similar places where we're like, oh, I don't know how to navigate this one specific thing. And then someone will say, oh, I actually have a, an idea on that. And, and <laughs> so I think it's actually evolved quite nicely into also just providing like a little extra, a little extra sharing time for, for mm. making sure we like, if there's something specific about like the place we're in, in this stage, like this pre-tenure stage, just good to know what other people are thinking about in this in this weird, weird phase. Although I don't mm. think it's quite as opaque as publishing because, and especially I'm in a great place where it's not opaque at all, where we know what the expectations are, which I'm very yeah. grateful for. But um, yeah, I, do, I think for us, it's very accountability focused in my group. And then we meet mm. once a week, but it's pretty quick so we can all get back to work. And then 
Outside of the group, I don't think we really chat at all, actually, except for on Twitter, but that's not usually related to what we discussed in the group at all. Yeah. It's very to the point and efficient. Very (laughs) econ-y. With a little bit of pleasantries thrown into the mix because we're all very lovely people, I think. I actually love this group. I think they're just wonderful. Does your group have a name? No, it's. I think it's literally just called in my calendar, like accountability meeting or something. <laughs> huh. You should name it. Yeah. No. No. I think I'm very happy with where we've landed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if it creates the name eventually, then that's great. But I won't force it. Nice. We yes. uh, the the creators guild has been through a few names. I know. I I can never remember what it's called as you've changed the name. And it's so funny. We've had we have this one a day journal where we log what we've done every day for the last five years since yeah. we got married. And it has changed names so many times <laughs> where I'm reading what we've done the last few years. I'm like, Oh, Chris met with whatever the previous version was. And so it's, it's evolved and it, it comes through in the, in the one a day. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of the key though, is, you know, we, we have these groups and if, we we make them into a static thing that never changes. It, it'll never the the group itself, the structure of the group won't adapt to the dynamic and and what people want to hire the the group for. And so this is actually a conversation that we've had in, in the Creators Guild: is hmm. what job are we all hiring this group for? And it's something that we revisit every. Uh, it's not often, but it's every uh, every kind of year or two, uh, just to see. Okay, is this job or is this group still serving us and what we all want to get out of it? And we make adjustments and we experiment with different structures. And um, you know, the one we have is kind of the the one that we've settled on. That's kind of the optimal for uh, for everybody in the group. But I think you know, if if given a tip for people who are forming these groups, five or six people know what everybody wants to get out of it and make sure there's a dynamic where you make iterative improvements upon the group mm-hmm. itself. Um, you know, for the creators, the, the author strategy group, it's an hour or an hour and a half or so every month, month and a half. It's not a huge time commitment, but the creators guild, um, one hour or a bit more every week that's a huge, huge commitment yeah. for everybody who is quite busy, who uh, molds their schedules around these meetings, who uh, you know travels a lot. We, we really try to be there. And so the group has to serve every single person there. And I think conversations around whether or not it's doing so is uh, critical to keep these groups going because they can provide a lot in terms of this accountability strategy and friendship. Nice. I love that. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully the episode wasn't too hippy-dippy after the retreat. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe always a little hippy-dippy with what? you, What? How okay. dare you, uh, w- <laughs> wife of mine? <laughs> nah, it's yeah. good. We, we should, you know what's bugging me about the show is how we don't, like, get right to it. How, how there's, like, the music and the, the yeah. you, you think we should just, like, jump right in? What are your thoughts? Mm, Speaking of iterative improvements. I don't know, because I actually, so recently a podcast that I really love changed their theme song. Yeah. Um, and it's much shorter. They just kind of dive. And I miss it. 
I miss it. But (laughs) don't you think a lot of people like hit the 30 second skip? No, I, the only thing I do that for are ads. (laughs) Okay. Well, we don't have any. We don't have any. And I don't know if we like ever it's will. It's a yeah. minute long intro. It's fifteen seconds or something. I guess so. Yeah. Some some of these shows they and now you it also fades in now, so it's yeah. it's like two seconds. I don't know. Okay. It's a nice set tone setter. Music you know, can really set a tone. You know why we don't have ads? Why? Because they're annoying. They are annoying. Yeah. We we could turn this thing into a cash cow, baby. Move to Hawaii. Uh, I like my job. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> There's no need. <laughs> yeah, no, we we could put ads on and move to Hawaii. <laughs> what what if we put ads on and donated all the money? No, I don't. I, I don't okay. know. Why change the format? We've changed okay. it too many times. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, an ad on a thirty-second bi-weekly podcast or a thirty-minute bi-weekly podcast yeah, this seems a like much. a waste of people's time. Yeah. We want to respect your time and uh, time and attention. Time and, and why can't I talk? Uh, oh, because it's 9 p.m. and I'm used to getting, uh, like, going to bed right now uh, because of this meditation retreat. Time and attention.fm is where you can find all of the episodes of this podcast. Uh, share your feedback, chris at chrisbailey.com. Do you like the intro matter? Do you hit that 30 second skip? Uh, or do you savor every moment of the introduction like Arden does? Would you miss it? Would you miss it if it were gone? Uh, hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you in a couple Tuesdays.